0: Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911.
1: Happy Holy uh, Easter season. You know, as Catholics, we still celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ up until Pentecost it's uh and so it's it's a long celebration the fact that Christ rose from the dead and what that means for all of us the implications that it has for all of us today's the feast day of St Mark the apostle St Mark pray for us uh, we got some great topics today we're going to talk about who did Jesus Christ appear to first at the resurrection i think the evidence from sacred tradition will surprise you and also we want to talk about the movie uh, or the series uh a, a, the very famous series called "The Chosen." We want to give kind of a Catholic analysis. I watched the the entire series, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to do a deeper dive today with Paul Clay. Paul, welcome to the show, brother. Glad you're on today.
2: Thank you, Jess. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So, hey, let's jump right to it: the resurrection of Jesus Christ with all its implications. <clears throat> Sacred. A, a lot of people. First of all, we have to remember that we as Catholics we're not solo scriptura. We don't believe in the Bible alone. There's a lot of things that we believe in uh, that didn't make it into Scripture. That's called sacred tradition. But that's also part of the deposit of faith, and that's also part of the Word of God. That's called the oral proclamation of the Word of God, or in Greek, it's called the rhema. The rhema Amen. The, the oral proclamation of the Word of God. For example, here's a just just one that jumps out. Uh, what's the name of the, of the uh, thieves that were on the right and the left? Scripture doesn't tell us. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John don't tell us. We know from sacred tradition, the thief on the right was named Dismas. The thief on the left was named Gestus. Again, those are just little tidbits that you could only get from delving into church history and the church fathers. But Paul, we want to talk about uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are at least six saints in the Catholic Church that are theological giants that state... That the first person that saw the risen Christ was the mother of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so we're going to share with the audience this uh, this well written article, uh, put out by the National Catholic Register. So after his resurrection, Jesus appeared to his to first to his mother Mary. Says the saints, Mary's role in the resurrection of Christ, said Pope Saint John Paul II, was quote was the completion of her mission at the Annunciation in Nazareth, close quote. So, St. John Paul II, he holds that position as well, that Jesus appeared to Mary first. The Gospels mention nothing about Jesus appearing to his mother Mary after his resurrection. Do we ever wonder whether he did see her? After all, she was his mother. The first to see him at the Nativity, his birth, she was the first Christian from the moment of the Annunciation and Incarnation, wouldn't he want to see his mother first? That's the question. Well, Pope St. John Paul II has a whole lot to say about this. Paul, you got the article there in front of you? Oh, I can't hear Paul. <clears throat> go ahead, Paul. Paul, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, Jess, go ahead.
1: Okay. So Pope St. John Paul II says the following. The Gospels mention various appearances of the risen Christ, but not a meeting between Jesus and his mother. The silence must not lead to the conclusion that after the resurrection, Christ did not appear to Mary. Rather, it invites us to seek the reasons why the evangelists made such a choice. St. John Paul II, the great Marian saint, told everyone at a general audience, May 21, 1997, the following. At the audience... He reminded that Mary witnessed the entire Paschal mystery and alone remains to keep alive the flame of faith, preparing to receive the joyful and astonishing announcement of the resurrection. If the evangelist didn't write about Mary's encounter with the risen son Jesus, this can perhaps be attributed to the fact that such a witness would have been considered too biased by those who denied the Lord's resurrection and therefore not worthy of belief John Paul II continued in this lecture in 1997. The great saint offered another reason as well. The Gospels list only a few appearances by the risen Lord, certainly not a complete summary of all that happened during the 40 days after Easter. For instance, St. Paul highlights that Jesus appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time in 1 Corinthians 15.6. How is it, John Paul II asked, that an exceptional event known to many known to so many, is not mentioned by the evangelist. Obviously, the evangelist didn't record all Jesus' appearances. That makes sense. John Paul II says, How could the Blessed Virgin present in the first community of disciples be excluded from those who met her divine Son after He had risen from the dead? Indeed, it is legitimate to think that the mother was probably the first person to whom the risen Jesus appeared. Close quote. John Paul II poses another question. He asks rhetorically if Mary's not, not joining the women going to the tomb at dawn can, quote, indicate that she had already met Jesus. Those women had been faithful and had been at the cross. Of course, Our Lady had been the most faithful of all, close quote. <clears throat> John Paul II offered yet another reason for believing Jesus appeared first to His mother. The unique and special character of the Blessed Virgin's presence at Calvary and her perfect union with the Son in His suffering on the cross seemed to postulate a very particular sharing on her part in the mystery of the resurrection. Thus, this appearance could be part of completing on, his, on this way her participation in all the essential moments of the Paschal mystery. So it's reasonable to think that Mary, as the image and model of the church, waits for the risen one and meets him in the group of disciples during his Easter appearances had had a personal contact with her risen son so that she too might delight in the fullness of Paschal joy. Paul comments from you. I know this is probably some new information that you've never heard of before. I I find it, uh, I find it compelling the fact that many saints have said the same thing.
2: Yeah. Um, it is new information, Jess. And, and I got to tell you, uh, it's reasonable and it makes sense. Um, again, Now, critics might turn around and say, well, it's because uh, you Catholics tend to overemphasize the role of uh, the mother of Jesus, uh, Mary, our mother, uh, you know, in salvation history, but uh, not so. Uh, uh, Again, uh, if you approach the scriptures like, hey, if I don't see it in black and white in the scriptures, sola scriptura, that is to say, scripture alone, uh, then it didn't happen. Well, again, uh, you pointed out at the beginning of this, we as Catholics, you know, uh, there are two fonts that we draw from, and one is sacred uh, scripture and sacred tradition. And we, uh, uh, again, we as Catholics say, uh, we represent uh, in in the Catholic faith, the fullness of the faith. so for us, there's no problem in uh, connecting these dots and seeing the, uh, the, the role of the mother of Jesus here. Uh, it, it, it appeals to common sense. Uh, uh, again, faith and reason. Once again, the Catholic faith is uh, setting itself apart and different from Protestantism.
1: Here's another theological giant, uh, who also says the same holds the same position St. Vincent Ferrer was a Dominican uh, St. Vincent Ferrer used to levitate during mass that means he's mm. come off the ground He also raised 27 people from the dead by praying over them Can you imagine uh, this Catholic priest laid hands on 27 people with the anointing of the sick And and they came from death back to life This priest has raised more people from the dead than any other saint out uh, probably outside of the risen Christ Here's what he says about this position, about Jesus appearing to his mother first. He said in a powerful Easter sermon, St. Vincent Ferrer said that many theologians determined that after his resurrection, Jesus appeared first to Mary, his mother. The first apparition he gave was to the Blessed Virgin Mary, although the gospel does not tell us about this. He himself gave three convincing reasons why we should believe Jesus appeared first to his mother. First, by divine precept, because she suffered above all others in the passion of her son says saint vincent christ by special privilege was born of his mother so that she gave birth without pain but all the pains of birth and death came over her in the passion of her son since scripture says honor your father and your and, and mother uh and and forget not the groaning birth pangs of your mother sarah 7:29. christ most perfectly kept the law of honoring parents it follows that he appeared to his mother first who was stressed more than all the others. In another Easter sermon, St. Ferrer elaborated on this reason, painting a vivid picture. He said, if indeed someone were overseas and his mother had understood that he had died and nevertheless healthy, returned and would visit f- first her other friends and only last come to his mother, this would not be a good son. nor would he seem to have honored his mother. But Jesus being the perfect son would never have done that. Like John Paul II, Saint Vincent cited as yet another reason the merit of her faith. He said the text shows the apostles lost lost faith at the passion. Only the Virgin Mary on that holy Saturday invariably believed because of this. On every Saturday, the office of the day in the day of, in the Church of God is celebrated in her honor. When therefore Scripture says, quote, "The Lord shows Himself to them who have faith in Him," Wisdom chapter one verse two. It seems that as a reward of that as a reward of merit for her faith he would appear to her first the third reason St. Vincent Ferrer says is because of the intensity of her love there was never a mother who loved her son more than Mary loved Christ then he quoted Jesus in John 14:21, quote, and he that loves me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him we'll continue talking about why we believe that Jesus appeared to Mary first right after the resurrection very sound arguments we'll be right back
0: Now back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151.
1: Jesus 911, St. John Paul II, St. Vincent Ferrer, St. Bridget of Sweden, St. Ignatius of Loyola, Servant of God, Father John Harded. You got some theological giants in the Catholic (laughs) Church that say that our Lord Jesus Christ appeared to his mother Mary first, it makes sense to me. Let me finish off St. Vincent Ferrer's comments. He says, For these three reasons, it is clear that he appeared to the virgin mother first, concluded St. Vincent. Also, the holy evangelists are expressly silent about it. He even presented a picture of how this might have taken place because through God's grace, the devout soul can piously contemplate as, as then to perceive the sweetness of this vision in their hearts. St. Vincent says, The Virgin Mary was most certain that her son would rise on the third day, as he had predicted. But perhaps she did not know the hour of his resurrection, because it is not written that Christ had revealed the hour of his resurrection. So the Virgin Mary, on this very night, which was so long for her, awaited the resurrection of her son, and she began to think at which hour he would rise. But she did not know. She looked out of the window, and she saw the dawn breaking. And she rejoiced, saying, Now my son is risen." Mm. Among other details, St. Vincent suggests that Jesus greeted his mother, saying, Peace be with you. The virgin fell to her knees, and weeping abundantly for joy, adored him. Kissed his hands and feet, saying, O oh, blessed wounds which have given me such pain on Good Friday. Christ kissing his mother said, My mother, rejoice. Because from now on, you will have nothing but joy and celebration. Mildly common to that is, Paul, is that there's another saint called Venerable Mary of Agreda. Uh, She wrote in her book called The Mystical City of God. By the way, her body's been incorrupt for 350 years. And she also Mm -hmm. bilocated from France to to, uh, New Mexico and Texas. And she would teach Indians catechesis. She bilocated. That means she was in France... And in Texas and in Arizona, I I mean, New Mexico, at the same time, teaching uh, over 200 times, she bilocated from Europe to this country to teach Indians the the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, her body's completely incorrupt after 350 years. She says in her book, The Mystical City of God, uh, it was the book that was dictated by the Blessed Virgin Mary. and, And she just basically just wrote as Mary spoke to her. Uh, everything that Mary had instructed her about the Passion. Our Lady told her that Jesus rose from the dead Sunday morning at 3 a.m. Wow. Wow. And very interesting. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, so uh, let's continue on, Jess, and pick this up with uh, St. Bridget of Sweden. In her revelations, St. Bridget of Sweden, known for visions during her life, had this to say. When the third day came, it brought bewilderment and anxiety to the disciples. The women going to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus sought him and could not find him. The apostles were gathered together in their fear, guarding the doors. Then surely, though we are not told this in the gospels, Mary spoke of the resurrection of her son, that he had, sure, that he had truly risen from the dead that he was alive again in all his humanity, no more subject to death, risen to an eternal glory. We read that Mary Magdalene and the apostles were first to see the risen Christ, but we may believe that Mary, his mother, knew of his rising before all the others and that she was the first to see him. It was Mary in her lowliness who gave first praise and adoration to the risen Christ. Mm. Uh, Again, just uh, it only makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, It was said of Mary that a sword would pierce her own heart, you know, at the the time that Jesus was uh, brought to the temple and, uh, and, and presented at the temple when he was a baby. And, you know, one would only think that uh, Jesus would uh, uh, understand, you know, this connection that he had with, with with his blessed mother and that he would be the first to just uh, uh, bring her comfort and assurance of his resurrection. Um, continuing on, we're going to look at what St. Ignatius of Loyola had to say. St. Ignatius of Loyola. Another Lo- giant. Yes. Yes. St. Ignatius of Loyola believed the same in his spiritual exercises at the start of the meditations on the resurrection of Christ our Lord. He wrote, first he appeared to the Virgin Mary. This, although it is not said in Scripture, is included in saying that he appeared to so many others because Scripture supposes that we have understanding as it is written. Are you also without understanding? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah. Servant of God, Father um, uh, John Harden. In the twentieth century, Servant of God John Harden, who at Pope Saint Paul VI's request wrote the Catholic Catechism in nineteen seventy-five, was on the same was of the same belief. It is not only a pious opinion. That the risen Savior first appeared to his mother Mary on Easter Sunday. No less than six doctors of the Church, including Saint Ambrose, Anselm, and Albert the Great, held that Our Lady was the first witness of the resurrection. Again, he's uh, he's he's saying he's appealing to the Church Fathers. And, and, and the you know, the doctors of the church, he's appe- appealing to them, Jess, and he's saying, listen, this is not just of my opinion. This is an opinion that has been expressed throughout church history, and we ought to give it credence. You know, it's worthy of belief. It's a pious belief here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Hardin describes several reasons. A main one, according to the church's spiritual masters, being that the resurrection is the fulfillment of the annunciation. At the Annunciation, Mary submitted her will by faith to the Word of God. At the Resurrection, her faith was rewarded by actually seeing and speaking with her glorified Son, explained Father Hardin. At the Annunciation, Mary represented the human race still needing to be redeemed. That's exactly right. at the at the resurrection she represented the human race already redeemed mm. i like that yeah mm. so uh, uh she represents uh, the church essentially the human race redeemed and that's uh, and she is everything that we hope to be just that's why we call her the model disciple and her bodily assumption into heaven right which is also not mentioned in the scriptures, but it's a picture of essentially where we're going to be that God is going to take this body and uh, we are going to be in heaven in a, a glorified anyway. Um, The connection continues at the Annunciation. Mary became mother of the Redeemer by giving him the human nature with, by giving him the human nature with which he offered himself on the cross at the resurrection. She received him in her arms after having received from him on Calvary, the motherhood of the church. Hmm. Moreover, At the Annunciation, Mary accepted her vocation to suffer with her son in his mission of redeeming the world from sin. On Easter Sunday, she shared with him in the joy of his glorious resurrection. The connection between the Annunciation and the resurrection goes even deeper, Father Hardin explained. At the Annunciation, Mary became the link between Christ's humanity and our own. She provided him with the body he needed to sacrifice to his father for our salvation. At the resurrection, Mary completed this link by cooperating with him as the mediatrix of the graces. He began to dispense to a human family restored to merciful friendship with God. Thus in, thus in Jerusalem, Mary's role in the resurrection of Christ was the completion of her mission at the annunciation in Nazareth. The mother of sorrows became the cause of our joy twice over once because the joy she experienced on being uh, uh, reunited with her risen son is the promise of the joy we should experience on earth in knowing that we have done the will of God. Pick
1: it up, Jess. Once again, because the joy she experienced on Easter Sunday is the prelude to the perfect joy we shall experience on seeing Christ in soul, when he calls us into eternity, and in body and soul, after the final resurrection on the last day. Father Hardin reminded us that, quote, all of this depends on our faith. We will be blessed, provided like Mary, we too have believed that the things promised us by the Lord will be fulfilled, close quote. Thinking about this first appearance of Jesus to his mother Mary should make us emphasize the Regina Chaley when we prayed in place of the Angelus during the Easter season, which, by the way, again connects the Annunciation with the Resurrection. Uh, As St. John Paul II told the general audience in the Easter season, the Christian community addresses the Mother of the Lord and rejoices and and invites her to rejoice with the Regina Chaley. By the way, uh, the Regina Chaley is a prayer that we should be praying right now uh, until until pentecost so for these 50 days in catholic tradition at 12 noon instead of doing the 12 noon angelus like a lot of like i like i do and a lot of people do uh right now at 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 12 noon we should be praying the regina chaley so just uh paul a couple of other thoughts uh again this is new to a lot of people Uh, i'd heard about this years ago but i did we did a deeper dive today
2: yeah uh, i think the article is 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 good well written um uh and again just this is a matter of faith uh uh you know if you you know this is not something that you're um
1: forced to believe it's not defeat a doctrine yeah yeah yes so but
2: you know when you just look at it from a human perspective you, you know you can easily connect the dots and say that Of course, uh, the risen Christ would want to uh, show his mother, who he, you know, enjoyed uh, the closest relationship with, uh, that he would bring want to bring comfort to her since. He knew that she suffered more than any other as she was at the foot of the cross watching him die. And um, I like the fact that they point out that yeah, it wasn't necessary to say he appear- appeared to his mother first because, yeah, you get all kinds of people, uh, you know, trying to say, well, you know, uh, you know, that, you know, you know, she's a bias. You know, how, how do we know? You know, I mean, that was his mother. But it's not important but we know the character and the nature of who Jesus Christ was.
1: We know about the blessed mother and it only makes sense. Yeah. Again, if he appeared to over 500 people at one time, again, it stands to reason that she's one of the people included in that. And those, in those hundreds of appearances of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Once again, yeah, the the
2: queen, the the queen mother, right? I mean, I mean, when you understand that she was, that she, Mary is the queen mother, uh, uh, you know, and all that the, the kings in the line of David, you know, uh, reigned alongside of their mother. Huh. It's
1: a no brainer. <laughs> yeah, Jesus 911. Hey, we're going to talk about the movie The Chosen or the series The Chosen. Up next, uh, we'll give you an analysis and critique of The Chosen from a Catholic perspective. Stick around.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151.
1: Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car. for Remember that we're not sola scriptura Catholics. John chapter 21, verse 25, the Bible says, But there are also many other things which Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Uh, also, the last thing I'll say is, is set your your phones uh, for twelve noon, and start praying the prayer. It's called Queen of Heaven, Queen of Heaven. Uh, it's a prayer that Catholics have prayed for fifty days up until Pentecost, from from Easter Sunday to Pentecost. Every twelve noon, it's it's a beautiful prayer. And this prayer, that's very ancient, it sh- it, it it really uh it highlights. Uh, Mary's Joy at the Resurrection, and, uh, and so we prayed for, for 50 days up until Pentecost. All right, we're going to talk about something else that's not controversial to me, but some people may think it's controversial. The series, the movie, the series called The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it was made by Dallas Jenkins. Dallas Jenkins is a Protestant brother. He's the son of Jerry Jenkins, who wrote the Left Behind series. He's one of the authors of the Left Behind series. So mm. Dallas Jenkins, obviously influenced by his father, who's a rapturist. Uh, pre trip. Yeah. Also, Dallas Jenkins, again, he's the director of the smash hit, the TV show, The Chosen. And you could also see there's uh, there was several Mormons that were on the... Uh, they were producers and you can see some of the Mormon influence in there all pointed out to you. Mm. Uh, but uh, but here's the, 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 the point that I want to make. The series was made in the midst of the COVID-19 lockdown. So a lot of us, I mean, I was just happy, uh, you know, everybody being forced to be locked in their houses. When this came out, I watched it, not with a critical eye, I was just happy that there was something that promoted the gospel of Jesus Christ on television. And so me and my wife watched the entire series. I didn't watch it like a theologian or an apologist. I just sat there and I just kind of wanted to decompress and not think about all the scamdemics, pandemics that were happening all around us. And so it, 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 I think it offered solace, Paul, to a lot of us that were trying to deal with these phony lockdowns in our homes. What say you?
2: Oh yeah, uh, I remember uh, my wife first told me about the series, and she was excited to tell me about it. That hey, uh, you know, it's it's getting uh, rave reviews, and I said, oh, that's good. I never actually watched the whole series. Just yes, I did watch uh, a little bit about it. Uh, I think one or two episodes, maybe three. Wow. Uh, but I I gotta tell you, um, uh, again, like you said, sometimes. Uh, particularly those of us who love the Lord so much, you know, when we hear that there's something new that you know that you know that that we can absorb, you know, that's different from just the the normal beatdown that we get from 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 worldly views coming at us. You know, uh, we just want to, you know, sometimes we put our guard down and we just want to absorb it all and take it in, not fully realizing because we have been. So affected by this culture that we live in, that hey, I need to you know focus a little bit more about uh, what I'm watching and what I'm taking in because uh, and 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 really uh, uh, you know cause us to uh, make a determination that is this something that is actually going to build me up in the faith or is it something that's going to undermine my faith?
1: Yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I know also Dallas Jenkins, the the director of the smash hit uh, TV show, The Chosen, he appeared on a Mormon podcast. It's called Latter-day Saint Living. And in that podcast, he was being interviewed. He said that Mormons are saved. And, uh, and that's why he considers the many Mormon folks uh, that worked on his show. He calls them believers. And so, again, I think Dallas Jenkins, again, uh, has blurs the theological lines between what is a Christian and what is not but let me give let me give you some critiques about the chosen from a catholic perspective well first of but all hey, yeah just before you get into it i just want to ask you
2: one question by what authority does he declare mormon saved
1: i guess by being a producer for hollywood right a hollywood producer that's his authority Okay, which okay. which which, mean, which means none which which means okay. none. he has no authority right okay so uh, truth be told the the Chosen was the largest crowd funded TV series project of all time. They raised about twenty million dollars from fans and supporters it 's been translated into fifty languages across the world and counting uh, Dallas Jenkins is a Protestant his father is uh, one of the authors of the left behind, of the uh, yeah, the Left Behind series and uh, Dallas Jenkins is the producer of the movie here 's some of my critiques now. Again, he was trained by Hollywood. And so Hollywood, they're good at telling stories. And so storytelling is generally based on historical events. But Hollywood will take what's called artistic license. And you can tell that's pretty evident in The Chosen. Mm -hmm. Because uh, in in retelling the gospel accounts, the writers of The Chosen, they've inserted or they modified some characters and storylines and details of the inspired original account of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In fact, Dallas Jenkins says he wants to show the authentic Jesus, even though he admits he admits that ninety five percent of the content is not from the Bible, but Dallas Jenkins yet says he wants to show the authentic the authentic Jesus. Well yeah. At- it- Well, admitting that 95 percent of what he what he what he produced is not in the Bible.
2: Yeah. Now, now, now it may seem a little strange to some when we say, you know, we were just talking about things that were not in the Bible. But I just want to take a note and make a note here, Jess, and say that, uh, yes, what we were talking about is not in the Bible, but it is in Tradition. Sacred tradition, and it is in the tradition of the church and so the things that were inserted in this movie were from the imagination of the uh producer of this movie
1: not sacred tradition right yeah so so did to point that out <laughs> yeah good point Dallas Jenkins admits that he says that season number one two and three almost none of it is from scripture this mm. on, you could you can hear him on an interview saying Season 1, 2, and 3, almost none of it is from Scripture. Now, in the interview, he says that season number 4, he says almost none of it is from Scripture as well. Some of the problems that I have with the Chosen, now looking at it deeper, deeper, now that we're not locked down and we're not, you know, having to, you know, trying to uh, entertain ourselves, you know, because we have to stay at home. The Chosen shows Peter... The vicar of Christ, he's constantly mocking John the Baptist. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, th- that's nowhere found in the New Testament or in <laughs> tradition. Peter is con- I mean, John the Baptist was the greatest, uh, the greatest prophet ever born of a woman, but the chosen has Peter constantly mocking him. Also, in, in many interviews, Dallas Jenkins actually says this he goes, I don't mind being called. I don't mean I don't mind being called a blasphemer. In other words, by his own admission, he he admits that he that there's blasphemy in the movie, and he also he, he also says that he learned all his storytelling techniques from Hollywood. Mm. Like, again, just for you know for Catholics, just for your need to know file, uh, mo- mocking John the Baptist, mocking any prophet in the catechism of the catholic church that's called the sin of blasphemy
2: no no greater person has been born to woman than john the baptist said from the words of our lord himself Jess. yeah exactly and and you talked about peter and how the, how how he depicts peter in the movie peter's a gambler peter's a brawler peter uh you know uh he's uh, uh works on, the, on on the sabbath no yes. problem uh, yeah and, and you know the these things are in the imagination again of the you know the producers of this movie and what they do is they actually serve to bring holy things to down to commonplace uh Jess, we often talk about uh, the plague of modernism on this show and how we're warned by popes in the past, including Pius X, about the dangers of modernism. He wrote a whole um, encyclical on it, right? In fact, practically everything wrong with the church today can be linked to modernism. And let me just give you the definition of modernism, uh, uh, modern character or quality of thought, expression or technique. Check that box, right? Again, modern character or quality of thought, expression, or technique. A style of movement in the arts, uh, filmmaking in this case, that aims to break the classical and traditional forms. Hmm. Mm. Uh, Yeah, a movement toward modifying traditional beliefs in accordance with modern ideas, especially in the Roman Catholic Church in the late 19th century and 20th centuries. So this is what modernism, we talk about it all the time, Jess, and the danger of it. We've been warned about it. And this movie, The Chosen, is the epitome of modernism. Uh, when you compare it to movies like uh, King of Kings and The Robe and The Greatest Story Ever Told, when you when you compare these, Jess, you see the obvious decay and a decline of holiness, uh, a, a very common way of handling holy things. You know you could almost liken it to taking communion in the hand versus uh on the tongue on your knees what you know one of them depicts a common uh commonplace and the other reverence and you know it you know again there are those that would say well you know i don't really see it like that but the reality is is these slight subtleties you know, are they are they building us up or are they actually undermining? Because uh, you know, we have it's important for us to recognize who it is that we're receiving in the holy, uh, it, the holy Eucharist. It's you know, it's easy to you know, um,
1: what say you, Jess? Go ahead and give me your comments on that. Yeah, I, Paul, uh, Paul, uh, you you find in the movie, uh, the series of the Chosen, they're always showing ridicule, one mm-hmm. apostle ridiculing another peter especially ridiculing john the baptist uh ridicule is meant to discredit the message of the messenger and remember john the baptist was filled with the holy ghost from his mother's womb yes the greatest man born of a woman in, yes. in the chosen john the baptist uh is motivated to please his followers and not please god i'll talk he, more about that next he's depicted as a communist radical if you really want yes to yes <laughs> jesus nine one one. stick around
0: Now, back to Jesus nine one one. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: Soul Patrol Jesus nine one. We're talking about the series The Chosen. Uh, many of us watched it not with theological eyes. We just watched it during the COVID nineteen lockdowns. We just sat there and we were just kind of happy to watch anything other than the garbage that's promoted by the mainstream media. But, uh, watching it now that we're not locked down, you can see that there's a lot of problems in that in that series from a Catholic point of view- mm-hmm. Again, jo- John the Baptist he's depicted as he's not motivated to preach the kingdom of God he's motivated to to please his followers. It's mm-hmm. like if he's a you know a communist revolutionary, not a missionary of God. you also have in the chosen. Jesus and John the Baptist seem to argue a lot with each other. Again, there's no evidence of this in Scripture and tradition. John the Baptist actually says about our Lord Jesus Christ that He's not worthy to tie His sandals, mm-hmm. and that He must decrease and Jesus must increase. But in the uh, in the chosen, you got them arguing all the time. Uh, in the chosen, you also have uh, Jesus is playing like a shell game with these children. Which is a game to swindle people out of money using sleight of hand techniques. And this is done right before his first miracle, the wedding feast in Cana, which leaves the audience thinking if the first miracle is also sleight of hand,
2: yes,, um, and that first yeah. miracle is is a miracle that uh, uh, that 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 basically, um, uh, speaks about the holy eucharist jess and i think in the movie it actually shows uh jesus saying okay everybody out of the room everybody yes, out of the yes yes everybody out of the room oh, so 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 a miracle done in secret
1: uh, <laughs> you know it's not a miracle at all right <laughs> exactly yes there's uh, no witnesses to testify yes. to the miracle
2: Yes, yes. Well, so,
1: here he, so yeah. many
2: subtle things that are wrong with the movie, Jess. So many little subtle things that we, um, uh, in the movie, uh, you know, Jesus has said, I come to make a way. What do you mean a way? Oh, See, man. The yes. way, Jess. Uh, Jesus is the way it's the, he it's not a way and see it just picks up on that whole theme that modernist theme of this false ecumenism that hey you can approach God pretty much any way you want or you know or it, it talks about things like divorce and things like that and it just makes it like hey you know those things aren't really that important as long as you you know check a few boxes and I don't know uh uh, uh it's just uh, again it, are we being um uh, uh just uh too uh nitty, nit nit uh, nitpicking here no Jess I don't
1: think so and uh uh that's no <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I agree Paul we 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 believe in what's called purity of doctrine yes, as Catholics yes. you have to hold a purity of doctrine we can't allow uh things to enter you know uh, as uh, John the Apostle talks about in, in in the last book of the of Revelation, the last chapter, he says, "Don't add or take things away from the Scriptures." Now, I know he's talking about the book of Revelation, but you can make that argument to the whole of the, to the entire Bible. Don't add or take away to the Word of God. You Amen. cannot do that. And, and here's another point. I think it's it's important for those that are saying, "Where are Paul just getting this stuff from?" There's a good video. I recommend you watch it. It's called Catholic Crusader Films. It's on YouTube. And and th- and they're the ones that did a good analysis on the, on the series. Yeah. On the series uh, uh, The Chosen. So if, if, if you want to get the link, go to our show page, vmpr.org, vmpr.org. It's on today's show notes. Or go to my website. I also have the links to today's show. Go to my website, jessyromero.com, jessyromero.com. It's on my radio notes. You can get the link today and watch it yourself. It's called Catholic Crusader Films, and they're the ones that did an analysis and a critique of The Chosen. And I'll tell you what, Paul, uh, my eyes were were bugging out because everything that they, they said was factually true.
2: Oh, yeah. And, you know, don't be... Don't be overly shocked when you if you if you go and you view that video, you're going to see one of my favorite people on there, uh, you know, not depicted in the best light. And that's yeah. uh, the, yeah. the great Dr. Yeah. Scott yeah. Hahn, <clears throat> you know, and and I believe, you know,
1: Dr. He, wa- Hahn. he watched it like we watched it, Paul. It, exactly. you're, you're in the midst of covid-19. Everything's locked down. We think that it's the end of the world. The government's jumping down our throat. They're turning our houses into prisons. And yeah. they said, hey, there's something on television about Jesus. Yeah. We didn't watch it as theologians or apologists. Right. We just right. watched it to get some solace and
2: comfort. Right. Yeah, because we, you know, in this society that we live in, Jess, we're, we're used to being entertained and things like that. And uh, again, uh, uh, you know, uh, we were, I think, you know, this thing had such good uh, reviews, you know, bef- you know, before we saw it that, uh, hey, you um, we just automatically relax and just, you know, uh, put our guard down. <clears throat> but again, this is it just goes to show you how we need to uh, everything that we do, that we take in. We have to we have to view it with a critical eye because, um, uh, you know, that's our enemy. The devil deception is his main tool. You see, he takes something holy. Holy. Like the word of god in the garden and he'll just sit there and twist it a little bit you know what i mean and likewise you know you can see these movies that oh yeah it's a movie about jesus and it's great and it's and it's entertaining and it's a lot of things but it's also uh brings these subtle tones that really when you when you peel away the layers of the engine they undermine our faith they don't build us up in the faith uh they they, they communicate false ideas to us that uh, and one you, you mentioned that you know he he, he uh, collaborated with mormons in this in this movie well uh guess what uh the last i heard um uh, the the late the great late dr walter martin when he wrote his book kingdom of the cults you know yes. uh he, you know Mormonism was, you know, they're a a non-Christian cult. The Jesus of Mormonism is not the Jesus of the Bible and sacred scripture warns us. And so when you you sit there and collude with people who don't even have the right Jesus and then make a declaration and say they're saved, well, Houston, we have problems.
1: That's right. (laughs) Uh, Also, another huge problem, Paul, and I know this jumped out at you because I know you have eyes for that. As, as well as I, as myself, Judas says to Jesus in a conversation, he says, Jesus is a stonemason. Let me stop Ooh. right there. It doesn't say that anywhere in the four gospels. Yeah. It's It says Jesus is the carpenter's son. That's what it says in the gospels. He's the carpenter's son or the yeah. son of the carpenter. It doesn't say anywhere. Jesus is a stonemason yet In the series, The Chosen, Judas tells our Lord, he says, Jesus is a stonemason. Again, this sounds... A a
2: master craftsman, he says, you know, which is definitely Masonic language. Absolutely.
1: That's the point I'm making. It's it's a Masonic... What we're having here, that's a Masonic dialogue in the background as Jesus is performing his first miracle. The Chosen also depicts Jesus as a sinner very subtly. When he's lost and found in the temple, the uh, the narrator says that Jesus is said to have transgressed against his mother when he taught in the temple. Well, transgress means he broke the law. He sinned. And that's what the narrator says in the background. He is said to have transgressed against his mother. Uh, again, Dallas Jenkins says several times in other interviews that he doesn't care if you watch the, the series and call him a blasphemer. He doesn't care, Paul because he I doesn't, care if someone yeah calls
2: me a blasphemer
1: <laughs> he, he doesn't care about doctrinal purity yeah. Paul because mm-hmm. he's that's the world of Protestantism. This is what it says to me. This is what it says to you. That's your opinion. Yeah. That's my opinion.
2: Exactly. If it works for you, that's the theme of this world, Jess. These are worldly ideas. Hey, if it works for you, do it. You know, and see, and this is what they do. They these guys are idolaters. So what they're not they're making idols with their hands. What they're saying is, God is like this, or this is my opinion, and they construct these ideas about God that are completely false, and it's not God of all. So it's modern-day idolatry
1: jess that's right also as our lord jesus christ right before he's going to do the sermon on the mount it shows him preparing he's like writing a speech okay it doesn't say that anywhere in the gospels that he was preparing night you know i gotta write the speech and get it right and <laughs> it and, sounds like what i do jess <laughs> in in one of the series he tells his mother that he may mess up he may mess up the speech at the sermon on the mount and uh, and guess what then he he, he runs the speech before Matthew, and Matthew makes some corrections to his speech. That's not in Scripture. Yeah. Because
2: we know that the Sermon on the Mount, like all of sacred Scripture, is the Word of God. La Palabra de Dios, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it's the Word of God. It is not something that Jesus, you know, just off the cuff said or had to, you know— uh, coordinate with uh, Matthew, who, by the oh, way, uh, according the sacred scripture, he hadn't even called him yet <laughs> at that point, you know? Oh, wh- yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, uh, yeah. so the, you know, there's so much wrong with the movie. And again, we're not just nitpicking here, but we're, you know, if if something is good if something is 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 wholesome if something is worthy of belief you know we're all for it but at the same time if there's going to be things that are going to reduce your faith to you know these subtle ideas that you know hey you know to me just this whole thing is predicated on hey you know um you know it's cool to believe in in the lord and you know you don't have to really change to, uh, uh, to 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 believe these things and and, and enjoy these things, and uh, they want to just keep the modern audience entertained yes. more so than communicate holy things and holy truth too.
1: Well, it may be uh, we may have to do this again next Monday because there's still a whole lot more I can say about this. Jesus and the chosen during a party. Jesus says. "Quote: Some things even I cannot do." <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, well, uh, yeah. Heresy. Blasphemy. me what
2: those things are, Jess? Because I, the last thing I heard was all things are held together by the power of His Word, and apart oh. from Him, nothing is coming to being that is coming to being.
1: I don't know what I don't know what Bible Dallas Jenkins used. Also, Jesus is depicted as an ecumenical Jesus. Of course, that's that was by design. They did that because he conducts worship with some, with the Samaritans, which is something that the Jews would have never Ask done. for me. Yeah. Ask for me. Paul, we're going to pick this up. I want to do a part two on this next Monday with you because there's still a whole lot more I'd like to say about this. Hey, that's a wrap. Jesus 911, thank you for tuning in to our, to our Monday show. Up next, Gary Machuda, Hands-On Apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for these two cops that love the Lord Jesus Christ... We are EOW, end of watch. God bless you. Keep the faith. Jesus, I trust in you.